Welcome to the Location Technology Podcast from Corkba, bringing you everything you need to know about all things location. Find out more at corkba.com forward slash podcast. Okay, so hello everybody and welcome to another special edition of the Location Technology Podcast by Corkba, where we are uh, talking to all the founders of the company and uh, I'm joined again here today by Antti. So Antti, did you want to give a brief introduction to yourself? Yeah, so uh, my name is Antti Kainulainen. I'm a CTO of Coupa and uh, one of the founders, as you mentioned. Perfect. And I'll, I'll start again this podcast with uh, with a, a little fun fact. So at Coupa, we have a tradition of doing these winter days where we kind of fly the company out um, to do something fun. And we've done one in Levi in, in northern Finland. And there was one also in Italy in Kormajor. So which would you prefer out of those experiences of winter days and why? Uh, that's a tough one. But uh, but I have to go with Levi. It's uh, it's a Finnish Lapland and of course for a Finn that's something there's, special. There's not too many mountains though. So how, you know, I, 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 yeah, well in Levi it's I don't think that it's too much about the mountains. It's what happens in Levi stays in Levi. <laughs> <laughs> I see a trend with you and all the other co-founders. So this is interesting. <laughs> All right. Um, let, let's get into it. Let's let's start talking a little bit about um, uh, about your history. So you know, after school, what what happened? Like uh, after high school, did you go to university, or you know, what did you study, and and where did it go from there? Yeah. So so I I uh, applied for the Helsinki University of Technology. Uh, there was no uh, how to say a specific reason in my mind. I think it was well, Nokia was hot at the time, and uh, I thought that it's would be a kind of uh, easy way to get a job to to study the telecommunications and uh, and also I, I it was how to say rather easy to get in in a way if you did well in the in the matriculation examination then you could you could just get in without any exams so I was lazy I think, I think everyone in Finland over a certain age has worked for Nokia at some <laughs> point at some point in their life yeah. so I, I kind of uh, how to say just just uh, applied for there in the in the Helsinki University Technology, got in and uh, studied there without any how to say clear uh, objective in mind. What were you studying? Uh, I, originally it was telecommunications but I, I switched to radio engineering because uh, I found it to be more uh, how to say interesting more difficult in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, a lot of math and, and, and physics and uh, then I, while I was studying there, uh, actually in the in the I, I I got a first summer job from the radio laboratory of, of, of the school, so I was there as an intern and uh, and and research assistant. Was it Kimmo that hired you? No, no, Kimmo was already already in Nokia then. But I actually I th- I we were doing uh, cooperation with Nokia, so I actually met Kimmo. When, while I was a uh, research assistant, uh, just briefly, I didn't talk with him or anything. It was the same project. We were doing similar stuff in the, or, 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 or kind of, we were working for Nokia in the, in the radio laboratory. And, uh, and then uh, for the next summer, actually, there was an advert in the, in the laboratory uh, notice board for, for an assistant job in the, in the Nokia Research Center. And then I applied for that and, uh, and Kimo, one of the co-founders as well, was was the supervisor 
of that of that role and uh, I I got selected and that's how I how I met Kimmo for the for the first time so I started working as a as a trainee in the Nokia Research Center. Okay. Well, this kind of leads me on perfectly to the next question, which is how did you meet all the rest of the co-founders? And, uh, and, and what was your kind of first impressions of yeah. them the first time, the first time you yeah. met them? So I met Ville Rangi, one of the, one of the co-founders in, uh, when I was, uh, or where there was a kind of, uh, uh, some sort of event in, in, uh, in the, in Nokia Research Center for all the, all the new employees or, or summer trainees or whatever who, who started, there was a kind of a bigger, bigger event because there were a lot of people joining Nokia at those times during the kind of <laughs> for summer trainees and, and yeah. also for regulars and uh, there was a, there was an event and uh, that's when I met with Ville for the first time and then uh, Ville was also working in the in the radio laboratory not in the exact same project that I was but but uh, close to to the well physically close to the same uh, office and uh, and also uh, kind of similar stuff in originally so that's how i met ville and then uh, fabio was uh, I, I met him a little bit later uh, he was working in the in the signal processing lab of the school and there was a cooperation between the radio laboratory of the of nokia and the signal processing lab of 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 the university and then we uh, we met in a, in a in a kind of uh, same project and then Fabio started to work actually the, with the same same uh, project that I was doing and uh, we were back then doing um, kind of direction finding for for handheld so putting an antenna array in a mobile phone and and using that to find your keys or and, and stuff like that so they were like you could ha attach a small BLE tag to your wallet or keys or that was what 15 years ago or almost 20 years ago what <laughs> it's it's super long time ago <laughs> but but now it's it's becoming reality I mean there's there what is the air tag and yeah. there are a lot of Samsung has those and all those so we were kind of uh, thinking of the same use case and and trying to uh, prototype stuff like long time ago and with well in technology it typically takes a long time before something that is thought of as an idea and kind of prototype that it actually then becomes in line. after yeah. like years and years yeah. yeah what was your first impressions of fabio when you met him well he's a funny guy and we came along very well uh, also intelligent so and uh, had a had a good uh, impact on the project so so uh well, our cooperation started already then and, and been going on since. And uh, yeah, uh, well, of course, one, I also, one of the one of the co-founders who is not working for Coopa is Hannu, Hannu Kauppinen, who used to be the chairman of the board in, in, in Coopa. And uh, he, he was also uh, in, in Nokia. So he was the, uh, I think he was Kimos boss or or even boss's boss, but whatever. Yeah. But I met him also when I joined uh, uh, Nokia's and he, Nokia, and he was there. The kind of the he was leading the lab, if I remember right, or or what was the organization. But anyway, he was he was there. Um, so kind of all of these, me, Kimmo, Ville, and uh, Fabio, and uh, 
and Hannu are pretty much from the same radio laboratory of, of Nokia Research. And uh, that's where we we met and we actually uh, started to work with the, with the similar type of, type of uh, problems and, and technologies that we are currently working in, in Coupa. And then the last one, Carl, uh, he, he is, has, he's not from the radio engineering background or, or from, the, from the radio lab. So he, I met, I think it was when we were already kind of thinking of founding Coupa. Uh, or, 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 but, but anyway, it was much later, several years later than the other. He was living in the States at that time. Yeah, he was living in California, if I remember right, or in Boston. I think it was California back then. So he was working also for Nokia, but in, in, in States. Uh, and he got somehow involved in uh, what we were doing as uh, he was doing the front end for, for some demonstrations in uh, Mobile World Congress, Congress in Barcelona and Nokia World. And some big exhibitions where we uh, were demonstrating either the find and do or this direct mobile direction finding stuff or the, or the indoor positioning stuff. So he was doing those visualizations for, for, for that. And, uh, and then... Uh, he came to visit Finland for, I don't know, I don't remember what, but then, then I met him. And, uh, and then we, uh, when we were thinking of founding Coop, then of course Carl was a natural part of it. Because uh, also, we, we, of course, we knew that we need to have some, some, something uh, to, to, to show also the, the technology. So, some, <laughs> so he, was, he was the software guy. The first one we, we had. What was your most like a uh, present memory of, of being at Nokia? Like, what was the what was the biggest thing that you remember about your time back there? Um, I think it, well, we were already back then quite tight team. Uh, we had a good team and good uh, atmosphere, and and we uh, we really think or how to say thought that we have something where which could have a value and could have a use uh, the, the, to use the technology we, we, we had developed for, for positioning. And uh, it was not only for working for Nokia, but it was really a, a working for, for seeing what, what this thing could actually at, do and how much could we achieve. And uh, so it, it felt a lot like being in a, in a small company, while, even though we were within Nokia. So. We had a good support from Hanu, of course, and uh, and we were allowed to do. We of course we also did, did good results. We we get got uh, things done, and and we were able to develop a lot of cool cool stuff. Of course, while the time went by, it got a little bit frustrated because uh, we we ourselves thought that this could have a lot of potential. But it, it seemed that the, that the higher ranks in, in Nokia yeah. did not have time to think of anything else than just trying to do more mobile phones as cheap as they can mm -hmm. and just trying to kind of uh, yeah. not think of uh, anything uh, new or, or how to make something actually cool or whatever. Just It was more like just cramming out cheap mobile phones as fast as as they can, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, so 
so it, it got frustrated at the and then but but then we got lucky lucky in a way we we were able to uh, spin out and actually got also some support for it and all that stuff so i felt really lucky you're getting really good at these podcasts because this is exactly leading into the next question which <laughs> okay. is like how did you how did you come up with the idea for Corpa? And you know, in in the beginning and the early days of Corp, but what what was it like? Did you did you feel like it was a bit of a side hustle while you were still trying to work at Nokia, or, or yeah, was there a lot of sleepless nights, or what, what was it like yeah. in the beginning? Yeah, well, well, as I described, I mean, it's we started to feel frustrated, and uh, we, as as mentioned already, when we were in Nokia, we were a tight team and kind of working as a as a startup uh, mode in a way that it was clear for us that. Even if Nokia doesn't make a decision to to start doing something with this, we try to get this out in one way or another. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the goal, uh, a second goal all, all, all the time in the in the minds that that this is something that should not be forgotten. Uh, I mean, we I saw a lot of cool things within Nokia and nothing to do with mobile phones or or kind of uh, the, what Nokia is known for, but many of those were just kind of forgotten and, and just killed the projects and nothing happened to those. So we had the kind of uh, desire that this should not end up in a, in a drawer, like we should try to, to, to do what we can to either get it within Nokia or, or then just get it outside. And that said, when well, Nokia started to to have problems to do as many mobile phones as they can as cheap as possible because there were more cool devices from Apple and the others that were not necessarily the cheapest one but were just uh, cooler, <laughs> cooler <laughs> and and had new technology and new kind of yeah. it there well we don't need to go there but anyway it started to go bad and then uh, there was possibility for us to or for anybody in Nokia to get these uh, grants or there was this what, what whatever bridge program which kind of uh, actually encouraged people to leave from Nokia mm. to kind of like entrepreneurial thing yeah, to yeah. Okay. so and and they were giving you kind of uh, support also also money in for 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 make taking that step that you voluntarily leave and we of course were like first in the row that hey <laughs> we we can go if we get this technology with us and then we of course need to negotiate a lot and and uh, to do how to actually get it out but we were successful we we made a deal and uh, we actually get all got also this bridge grant and all that stuff so we were in a way even though we started a startup we 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 had a very good start or an easy start compared to to starting startup from from scratch because we you had, had at least like a foundation layer to start building yeah because well well we had we had the first projects we had the, i think we made the first deal like a few days after the the company was founded because we we had something already yeah, planned plan. that we just then nokia didn't do but we just did it then and then uh also we got the money so we were not we didn't need to worry about our own salary for a while because we had got that uh, bridge grant from from Nokia so we were how to say it was a totally different and very easy start for for compared to uh 
to like a regular startup and we were we were really really lucky so i i didn't remember or don't remember like sleepless nights or anything like that we were just super excited to to get out and start doing it and we didn't the risk was really minimal minimal in a way that we didn't have to kind of sell our houses or anything like that we were we were in a very very good position perfect so how did your your kind of role at Coupa develop over time or maybe not even at Coupa yet but you know in in this co-founding team so you kind of started as a as a summer intern and now you're the chief technology officer so how how did you get kind of select I I mean uh, when I when I did the podcast with Mm Gimmo it was kind of a uh, natural selection that he was the best leader out of the uh, out of the co-founders. So that was kind of how he got his role. But how did how did your uh, career kind of develop up until today? Yeah. So we are well. I started with the uh, as a summer intern, just doing all my own own thing. Uh, but it fairly soon turned into uh, a bigger project because it. it it had a lot of potential and it seemed that this could lead into something. It was this mobile direction finding stuff. And uh, and even when I was doing my master's thesis on that, it it was not just me doing the, the antennas and the algorithm part, but it also then uh, turned into a bigger project where there were other guys doing for the front end for, for, it was Symbian back then, but coding the Symbian front end. Mm-hmm. And there were uh, other guys doing the uh, embedded software for the tags and and also for the for the receiver and st- stuff like that. So I kind of just without any. I'm I'm not sure if there was some decision or whatever. <laughs> uh, how to say formal. Uh, appointment to P- picking names out of a hat. Yeah. Who who gets CXOs? You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I kind of I just was in this role that I was kind of leading that project, uh, the, 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 the kind of work, working together with people and, and trying to, uh, to, to, how to say, do the kind of uh, the technology part there, but at the same time trying to glue together those guys and, and making the, the, the whole thing work together. And that was successful. There was a good demonstration and actually working prototypes and all that stuff we we did and then when when it came to this uh, indoor position it was this it was kind of the same that that they were uh, uh, Fabio was doing the, the 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 single processing part or the algorithm part and Villa was doing also that and then um, there were other guys doing the the, the antenna designs and uh, and I, I was kind of gluing those part to, parts together in a way and that's that's how it's been since and uh, and uh, and in Coupa, well in originally the team was very small and that that basically the same team and now it has grown and uh, and uh, well now my role is more on the really on the uh, looking at the what we could do on a, how, to, how to say on the core level like what are the new good things we can do to improve the reliability accuracy or whatever or even some totally new things we could do uh for the for for within coupa and new products and stuff like that i think we call it innovation initiatives yes to give it a, yeah. an official title okay yeah. um so so coming like to to today obviously you're still at coupa and and 
you're still here doing doing what you do. What is so fascinating about this kind of technology uh, from your side to kind of still motivate you to keep doing this after 20 years? Yeah, so, well, I've been asking that same question. <laughs> what the hell? It's been 20 years and it's still the same thing. But, but still <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think it's, it's hard for, for people to probably to comprehend how difficult problem the in-drop positioning is. It's been tried. There are a lot of companies who are and universities and uh, different uh, technologies that have tried to solve the problem. Uh, so, so there's so much things to solve still. So it's not a cracked. The problem has not been cracked, and it's uh, something that that at least I want to see that, and and I feel that we we have a very good um, how to say we we call it the positioning engine. We have it we have it already at the very good stage, and we 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 know that there are certain things that can be improved. So that kind of uh, is not yet done in a way. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe once I feel that there's nothing that we could, yeah, yeah, then I will retire. But still, still, and then I'll start doing something completely else. And I mean, the good thing in Coupa is that there's always, you're not necessarily doing just one thing all the time, but there are these sidetracks and these innovation and things, and you can kind of or not, not be just doing the same, exactly same thing for 20 yeah. years. I think Coupa as a, as a as a system, you know, we, we say that we are a horizontal platform covering a variety of markets from healthcare and retail and industry 4.0, all this kind of stuff. So almost like every day there's this kind of new tasks. And even I see it in my work as well. There's always some kind of new, uh, new branch that we have to go or new initiative that we have to kind of yeah. uh, get involved in. Yeah. So uh, moving forward from that, how, where do you see kind of the future of Gorpa from your perspective over the next three years, five years, ten years. <laughs> kind of building blocks that we provide and uh, just seeing the, that kind of uh, spreading even more. Already it's used in a lot of different mm-hmm. uh, areas, but but I see that it could be utilized much more. And getting the Coupa is a kind of a known brand that you, if you want to do something where you need accurate and reliable position, you would need to think of what what should I choose or who should I call just mm. you would the first thing you would come to in your mind is Coupa yeah perfect <laughs> mm. uh, and I think I've actually said it before on one of these podcasts but um, and going back to you know it's really difficult to see what the future will bring mm-hmm. it as a, as a technology I like to think of it very similar to how uh, GPS has now come into uh, mobile hand dev- uh, or handheld devices mm-hmm. and it's opened up a whole plethora of use cases yeah. uh, like uh, Walt or yeah. Uber yeah. or any kind of location based uh, services even just using GPS yeah. so you know obviously at the time when they were coming up with the GPS technology they didn't think oh hey this would be great for taxis yeah. you know they think but uh, but it turns out to be one of the most uh, successful companies in the world. Yeah. And I think that Coupa is in a very similar position. We're kind of enabling that technology yeah. in the beginning. And then it's up to the partners and up to the, the, the uh, customers to really build on top of that, the, these uh, location-based services. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I, I fully agree. And uh, I mean, 
I think if you look at any apps you use nowadays, it's really few that don't ask the location. Mm. So kind of, as you mentioned, Uber or Walt or... Mm. There's the privacy out the window anyway. <laughs> yeah, all of those. So location really has a value and it, it is important. And it, even though it might seem like now that who the hell needs uh, in the positioning inside, like why I know my way to the toilet anyway. So maybe but, that's not the use case we're trying to crack exactly. at the moment. But, and that's the thing. We, but, but as you mentioned, nobody thought about Uber or Vault when they were developing GPS. So. You know, Google Maps on, on your phone or Apple Maps. And, you know, people would say, why would you use that when you can just have the map book? Exactly. You know, there's massive yeah, map yeah. books that you use yeah, to yeah, get, yeah, yeah follow yeah. yourself on the, yeah. on the motorways. All right, a couple more questions. Um, so we talk at Coupa a lot about this Coupa spirit that we have. Um, but I'm asking all the founders, what would you define the Coupa spirit to be? Uh, well, that's a that's a tough one. I think it's really a how do you say in um, to to not be afraid of uh, just doing things like just just go ahead and do and have fun. I mean, don't take it too literally or do too. Like I said, we had a. We have we were very lucky in the start. Typically, you have a lot of sleepless nights, and you you're you're afraid when you start up a company that what will happen and so on. But we I did not feel that at all. We were having a lot of fun and just doing things and and just kind of just let's do this and let's see where it takes us. If it goes south, then we do something else. And and I would I mean of course it gets harder when we grow and there's more people involved and more money and more like stakes but to somehow maintain that spirit of uh how to say it be be courageous to to take risks and and just try things out and and do do it and do it together do it together in coupa but do it together with without with partners as well like we as i mentioned i mean for example myself i right from the beginning the the tasks I were doing were done together with a group of group of people and aiming for the for the same target and the, and the same similar uh, spirit is something that we should try to keep up with and I think that that describes Coupa to to do together things that you're not sure of the outcome but just okay. still do it go for it nice I like that <laughs> sounds good. All right. Um, well, I think we've come to the end of the podcast now. Uh, we've made a few mentions uh, to the early days of of, uh, of Coupa, and uh, there, there is actually a history video as well. So I'll put the link down below in the description so you guys can uh, have that video uh, to watch as well. But, Antti, I'd like to thank you for your time today and uh, hope to see you again on the next one. All right. Thank you, yes. Thanks.